The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Now we're going to the Game of My Life series of books which have been coming out from Hero Press but there's one that caught her eye because it looks at Cork Ladies Gaelic footballers greatest ever footballers and Jer McCarthy freelance journalist has gone and interviewed 25 of them for this book to talk about the biggest games of their life. Jer, thank you very much for joining us and maybe a little bit of a surprise that for some of them it's not all Ireland final wins that they go for, but it can be some rather what might be to other people small games from their club careers which actually meant so much to them. Why was that? Um, lovely to talk to you, Matt. Yeah, I, I guess from speaking to the players in the book, uh, initially I felt the same way. I thought I'd be writing about a lot of all Ireland finals, and there are quite a lot of Ireland all Ireland finals in there. But I think with each of the players that I interviewed, thanks to their honesty and I suppose and their openness and talking about on and off pitch issues throughout their careers, club was always is king with every single one of them. We end up talking about each of those players' clubs at some point in their chapters. And it's because, I suppose, for the, the earlier generation, the team that won all those All-Irelands under the late Eamon Ryan, um, there wasn't really very much press coverage of the club scene. Whereas now that has changed dramatically over the last couple of years. But without a doubt, um, if you take Orla Finn, for example, the current Cork uh, senior footballer, she dedicated her entire chapter to the day her club, Kinsale, um, hosted an All-Ireland Club semi-final. Uh, Melissa Duggan from Donny's Club in West Cork, she did, she dedicated her chapter uh, to a junior final simply because they had lost three on the trot and then they finally got over the line. And it's just the personal moments and memories and I suppose the fuel that you know the, the things that fueled them the most Matt um, seem to be at club level and then they're able to replicate that at inter-county level Yet though the book also features very strongly some of the most famous names in ladies Gaelic football of this century uh, tell us about some of those standout players and what they managed to achieve in the game and kept Cork at the top for so long Oh, I mean, it, the, I was delighted that, we, I mean, I could have written a, a, a book with 50 players, Matt, but I, I had to keep it to 25 initially. But the likes of Juliet Murphy, Mary O'Connor, Rena Buckley, um, Breed Stack, uh, Breach Corkery, the core of that team that won all those All-Irelands in the, in the early 2000s under, as I said, the late Eamon Ryan. There were some fantastic footballers and I think Cork was lucky in that the right manager and the right group of players came together at the right time. They 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 went on a fantastic run, um, winning all those all earns as I said, engaged in a lot of very classic battles with the likes of Dublin and Mayo. But I, I guess the one thing with each of those players, uh, the likes of Valerie Mulcahy, Angela Walsh, Deirdre O'Reilly, every single one of them were natural born winners, Matt. That's what shines through on their page. But what also shines through is they were unbelievably and remain unbelievably humble each of the players that I interviewed from that era were very reluctant to talk about their own individual accolades like all-star awards but they were more much more interested in talking about the team and the team ethic which was engendered by the late Eamon Ryan um, you you see it on every page when you're talking to the likes of Juliet when she, she was captain Juliet Murphy Mary O'Connor another player very heavily involved now at the top end of Sport Ireland as a dual player what it meant to pull on the Cork jersey. You know, at a time maybe where the, the media coverage wasn't as great, but the fact that they were representing Cork and they were winning All-Irelands. And what I refer to them as and the players from that particular era, Matt, they were the first elite team and elite setup, even though they had very little funding, very little 
access to the kind of uh, facilities that modern-day inter-county players now take for granted. Um, they had none of that, and yet what they wanted and what they had was a common goal to be the best in the country. But it was the team ethic and the team collective that helped all those players win all those championships and what ambassadors they were, not just for Cork LGFA, but for ladies football as well. Dare I say that perhaps they've set an example for the men in Cork when you think that Cork hasn't won an All-Ireland Senior Hurling title since 2005 and that there's only been one football victory this century in 2010 and that the team has gone, the men's team has gone rapidly downhill since that, that maybe there are things from this book that men's teams could learn from. Absolutely. And what I say about the book, uh, more than anything, um, it is 25 different players telling the story about the game, you know, that changed their lives and meant the most to them. But we went a lot deeper than that, Matt. And we went to the point of family tragedies, highs and lows. Every single one of the players talks about their failures, which I thought was really good and honest of them. They didn't just focus on the big and the good days. They talked about the bad days as well, because that's what fueled the fire for them. But more than anything, their sheer will to win. Their, and their non-acceptance of substandard or second rate or anything, if something wasn't being done right in that Cork setup and in the current modern day Cork setup in ladies football, the players insisted that it was done the right way or they wouldn't do it. And I think what you've seen is over a period of time, more and more media attention, it's growing all the time when it comes to ladies sport, not just ladies football, camogie too. And I do think a lot of the men's you know, the men's side of the game could take elements from that. But more than anything, I think the team ethic and the fact that you might have one or two superstars or so-called superstars on, on different inter-county teams. When it comes to Cork, it's what's best for the team. It's what's best to get over the line and, and, and be successful. But what I would also take from this group of players that I spoke to, and they're each, all 25 of them were amazing when speaking to them, their sheer will to win. Their sheer, and all the sacrifices that they had to make without being paid, without getting any you know, fuel money or any, any money towards it, they gave up so much more than the men of that era had to give up to be the champions that they became. And when you think about it today, we've learned that, for example, in Galway, spent over €2 million Euro this year in preparing the men's hurling and football teams for their championships. Mm. Uh, the contrast with what goes into ladies' football and camogie, I'd imagine, is dramatic. But to finish, Jer McCarthy, is there a legacy from the success that many of these women had uh, I know at the present Dublin have become more dominant in ladies football and Meads have come true as well and a Cork hasn't enjoyed the dominance in recent years that it had up until a few years ago. But is there a legacy in Cork now of an extreme, in big numbers playing ladies Gaelic football? There absolutely is, Matt. Um, I see it on the ground level as a freelance journalist reporting on the underage intercounty section of Cork ladies football. Every year at under 14, under 16 and minors, there are hundreds, not, not small numbers, hundreds of girls just trailing to get onto the final panel. And it is not, it, if anything, the numbers are going up. There is a massive interest in ladies football and camogie in Cork. And also, I think, growing around the country. I see it at under 14 level, where year after year, the blitzes that will be held at inter-county level are growing. More and more players are coming. More and more teams are getting involved. I think the sport is on the cusp of something special, ladies' but football. Does it have really enough do. facilities, though, Jar? Because a lot of the time, isn't it, there's a sort of a dependency almost on the generosity of the Gaelic games or the Gaelic football and hurling clubs, which are men's clubs, which should tend to own the grounds, and the women's organisation being separate. You're absolutely right. There isn't enough facilities. And more often than not, unfortunately, some clubs and some counties have to go cap in hand to their GA 
you know, counterparts to look for pitches. It is a huge problem in Cork, especially as you well know, Matt, so big is the county and so many clubs involved. It's becoming an even bigger problem year on year. What I hope though on the horizon is that eventually when the GAA, the Camogie and the ladies football come together, that that can be addressed as one of the major talk, as one of the key points of amalgamating all three organisations if it does happen in the near future. That's the first thing that has to happen. And the only way that will work, Matt, is if there is a proper calendar covering everything for both inter-county and club. It's a huge task and not an easy one, but there's so much at stake here, Matt. I see it every year. The sport is growing. More and more young girls are getting involved in sport at school, at college, and they're all coming back to ladies' football year after year, not just in Cork, but in other counties as well. The product itself is fantastic to, to look at, and I have to give TG Carr a lot of credit there for what they've done down through the years. But I think because there's a levelling off at the top of the senior level now and that there's no one outright favourite every year, that makes for a much more open and entertaining championship. But what we really need, as you well know, Matt, is a successful Cork team to take over all over again. You say that and of course a lot of levels. Thank you very much, Chair <laughs> McCarthy, author of Cork LGFA Game of My Life. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4 30. Today.